Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Get Up 10. We are moving and grooving right through 2024. I don't know why I said that because it's literally February. But anyways, <laughs> this week is Valentine's Day week. And so I wanted to talk about love a little bit, but not how you think. We're going to be chatting with a self-love specialist. But before I introduce her... I wanted to give you guys two really quick announcements. So first of all, if you haven't gotten your copy of Thrive, what are you doing? And if you don't know what Thrive is, if it's your if you're new around here, I wrote a book. It's called Thrive, How to Let Go, Find Purpose and Flourish When Staying Seems Easier. And I don't know, I might be biased, but I think it's pretty good. I think there's so many lessons in there. So you might want to go over to Amazon or Barnes and Noble and get your copy today because I don't know about you, but transitions are happening. New seasons are beginning. Some seasons are coming to an end and we need to be able to thrive anyways, to thrive in spite of whatever life is trying to throw our ways. So yeah, be encouraged with that. And also for the ladies on March 2nd, you can join me in Austell, Georgia at The Push Brunch. We're going to have chef cooked food, okay? Not no f- Waffle House, okay? We're going to have good food. We're going to have good food. It's going to be a room full of powerful women, like-minded women, women who are creating big things, women who are starting movements. We're going to be in the room. And we're going to have such a good time. We're going to have great conversations. We're going to get inspired. We're going to support each other. So I think you need to be in the room. So if you haven't already, I'm going to drop the link as well in the show notes for tickets because you still got time, okay? You still got time to find your way to Austell, Georgia on March 2nd because the push brunch, you're not going to want to miss it. And I am one of the panel speakers and I would love to be in the room with you and get to hug on you and love on you in person in this social media age. So find your way to Austell, Georgia on March 2nd. That is it. That is all. So anyways, it's Valentine's Day week. It's love season. But it's so important that before we even think about loving anybody else, we love ourselves. And so this week, I'd like to introduce today's guest, Stacey S. Crawley, self-love specialist, speaker, empowerment coach, and author. And she is here to talk about her journey to self-love. And we had a really good conversation. Um, We talked about some tough topics. But I think that this episode will encourage you and inspire you, especially if you are a single mom like myself. And even if you're not, there's still so much value in Stacey's story and just her courage to be so vulnerable and transparent. So I really hope that you guys enjoy this episode. And without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Stacey. Welcome to Get Up 10 Podcast. How are you today? I'm good, Ginger. How are you? I'm good. (laughs) Now I'm good. (laughs) I'm so excited for today's conversation. I feel like it has been months in the making. (laughs) It literally has been. So I'm really excited that we finally get to come together and have a little conversation. So if you are unfamiliar with Get Up 10 Podcast, and maybe I got some first-time listeners as well, I'd love to just explain the the vision behind my podcast. So 
I created this thing in 2018. Yeah, it's crazy. The years are flying by. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be, I'll give you the the real version because sometimes I do like the short version. It's a little nicer, but I'll just give you like the real version. So my podcast is called Get Up 10 because of Cardi B. She has a song called Get Up 10. I always make the disclaimer. I don't follow Cardi B now. Don't ask me what she's up to. I don't know. She's a bit much for me now. <laughs> I'm like the last thing I saw is like Offset made her upset. She's uh-huh. the new it viral because we were all relating to how she was feeling. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the point is I'm not a Cardi B super fan or any, by any means. But at the time, I had just finished college and. While I was in college, I was introduced to Cardi, well, not literally, but like I became aware of who she was because she had a pretty large Instagram following. And at the time she was still a stripper. And then I think like a year or two later is when she landed her role on Love and Hip Hop. That was interesting. I used to watch that. (laughs) I do not watch reality TV like that anymore either. But at the time I definitely was. And then from Love and Hip Hop, she was able to launch her music career. And we saw that blow up real quick. So I really just admired her authenticity throughout the process. She was always willing to show herself, like, even if the tracks were showing or the cornrows were out or her teeth were crooked, like, it didn't stop her from going live and, like, saying what she had to say or showing up for her community and as you know, as entrepreneurs and, you know, people trying to show up in this world, a lot of times we have all these excuses. Oh, I don't like how I look. Oh, this and that is going on. But I saw like she didn't let those excuses stop her. So I admired her. And that is where I get the authenticity piece of my podcast. And then she has a, a song called Get Up Time. And in the song, she says, I look myself in the mirror. I said, we going to win. Knock me down nine times, but I get up 10. And that resonated with me because I am all about resilience and just bouncing back and getting back up. So here we yes. are. Yes. <laughs> and yes. now as I continue my podcast, it's like the vision has kind of expanded because I wanted to create something to show somebody that like whatever you're going through you can get back up from it and maybe it's something that I haven't been through but maybe it's something that you have been through and so I've been so blessed to be able to share my platform with so many amazing people that just make I feel like they make the reach wider um, because they talk about things that I could never and so I love it it's great so my my goal is to be able to like walk up to somebody or like meet somebody and they're like yeah I'm going through that and I'll be like hmm you should check out this episode of my podcast because my friend Stacy was talking about that and it's gonna encourage you (laughs) (laughs) oh that's what get up 10 is all about and with that being said let's get into it how has life knocked you down okay well let me introduce myself really quickly um So I'm just going to say, I, first and foremost, I'm a child of the most high God. And secondly, I am a mom of four. Um, My girls are all under the age of 11 with a set of twins that are five. Um, So the ages are 10, five, 10, seven, and five. 
And so the second thing I'll say is that at the core of it, and, and this is why I feel like my gift is God has positioned me to be a self, self-love specialist, speaker, coach, and author. Um, and there's so much more that I want to do, so much more that I feel like God is leading me. But in terms of my story, what has knocked me down, Lord, so many things, Ginger, <laughs> but I'll just stick with one today. Um, I am recently divorced. Actually, February would be my second year um, with my divorce being finalized. And that was very tumultuous for me, that period, because in my mind, I felt like I did things the quote unquote right way, right? So I went to school, I did all the things, I got married, then I had my children. My vision was to have that two parent household because I didn't have that, right? And so it was important for me to be able to create that framework for my girls so that they could succeed and have certain amenities in life that I didn't have. And so when our marriage ended due to, um, it was hard, <laughs> had to walk away because it wasn't a good situation for me or my girls. And so it was important for me to really hone in and just be like, okay, God, like where you want me to go? Because I know how you feel about divorce, but at the same time, I don't think you want me to be in this situation. And so having to go through that and then having to be knocked down to rock bottom, right? And then to have to parent through the pain, even like having to show up as a parent, even though you're grieving and your kids have no idea what you're going through, the emotional state that you're in. But let me just stop there. But that that has knocked me down. <laughs> that knocked me down. Let me say that with an ED, because um, thank God, uh, not where I was. So, yeah. Yeah, that is very difficult. And parent through the pain, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That really stood out to me because it'd be like that sometimes. Yes. (laughs) Unfortunately. Yes. Yes. So I'm grateful that you are not where you used to be, first of Mm -hmm. all. And thank you. I feel like that was such a vulnerable place to start. (laughs) I believe in authenticity. I I believe that. When you open yourself up and you share your story, you have no idea whose life you're going to impact. What woman is sitting on the floor in her live in her living room or in her kitchen, crying her eyes out because she doesn't have any other where to go, anywhere to go. She doesn't know who to turn to. And if she just turn on that podcast or that video or what have you, and she hears that encouragement, just that one life that can be impacted is monumental. And it just give God all the glory, you know, especially when you're doing kingdom business and doing it from a place of servitude and gratefulness. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to be, what's the right word? Like, I can tell that you are trying to talk about this with, with class. Yeah. And so I want to like be respectful of that but I do want to like dig a little bit deeper. So how many years were you married? I was married. Um, prior to my divorce, I was married for 12 years. And my ex and I were together for a total of 18 years at that time. We met when we were, I was actually leaving high school, um, graduating high school. He's actually two years older than me. So he had already graduated. And we met through a mutual friend. 
I was about to, we met him, I think it was May. We met in May. I was about to go to college in August. And uh, so, yeah. And would you say that it like things shifted or changed over time or and I guess they must have had to when you meet so young. But like for me in my situation, because my marriage and divorce was very, quote unquote, quick in comparison to like a lot of to you and to so many other people. I got married and then I left after eight months and then the legal process was a little bit complicated because mm -hmm. I the state that I got married in their grounds for annulment I didn't meet any of them so like mm -hmm. if I had gotten married in New York where I'm from I would have been able to get an annulment but I didn't mm -hmm. unfortunately mm -hmm. so my divorce was just finalized a couple of months ago but from the beginning everybody was like this mm -hmm. is not it <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. wondering was it like that for you too or was there like a shift over time <laughs> all right so we're gonna go deep all right so <laughs> <laughs> as you know when you're when you're I, I think of myself looking back I'm like 17 18 years old I'm still the child right so of course you think you know everything you're an adult right but no it happened gradually in terms of the intensity of the, um, I'll say this. So I've, it was a situation where I was, <laughs> it was emotional, verbal, mental, and sometimes physical abuse, right? So let's just get down to it. Let's put it on the table. Um, when we first met, I would say my dad wasn't the fondest of him. And my mom, she, you know, she would say things to me, um, you know, like we would like in the beginning. So I'll say this, I was a late bloomer, right? So I didn't really date a whole lot. So when I met him and I came from a very broken place as well, right? Before I met him, because growing up, I'll just, I digress for a second. Growing up, I was bullied a lot. I was, um, you know, talked about by my, my, my cousins and all those types of things. And so I already felt I had low self-esteem. I didn't feel good about myself. And so when I met him, I was excited that someone actually was interested in me, right? Um, and so when we met and we weren't together very long, maybe a couple of months, and he started to do things or say things to make me cry. And I would tell my mom and she would be like, well, this is not, you know, this is not healthy. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm not giving this up because we, it could be worked out, right? Like relationships are like this. And there was this toxic cycle constantly throughout the course of the relationship because we had a long distance relationship when I went away to school. And so that was for about, uh, so the four years and then I came back um, home. And so those next two years prior to him um, proposing, it was very toxic. You know, it was a very, when it was good, it was good. When it was bad, it was bad. And so it's, it keeps you on that, that roller coaster, that loop, because you think, okay, this person is giving me the love and attention that I want, but then they pull the rug from under me and then they act this way. But no, this can't be this person because I've seen a glimpse of them, of who I, you know what I mean? Who I think that they are, right? You have the rose colored glasses on. And so over time, because I was so immersed in that relationship, because I'm very loyal and, 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 you know, all those things. I was just like, oh, I don't want to be lonely. I'm 18, 19 years old. I don't want to be lonely, right? Like I'm never going to find anyone. And so um, it, it gradually became 
you know, saying things here and there to make me feel bad and then to the cursing and then to the getting in my face. And then, yeah, so the maybe the pushing and the, you know, punching walls and things like that. Um, yeah, it, it got pretty bad. And then when we got engaged, it stopped for a while. And I thought that everything was great. We're about to get married. Everything's good. And then since we got married, the the, the switch flipped <laughs> and he became my worst enemy. So, and we, we, we actually separated twice. No, um, we separated three times. No. So we separated one time, once, twice, and then the third time when we just separated recently. So, yeah. Not me being muted. <laughs> I was saying that I'm sorry you went through that because you do not deserve that. So I'm happy that you are in this new chapter where you are able to love yourself and move forward. But yeah, the signs are there. <laughs> we just they're don't. always there. We just we just bypass them because we yeah. want what we want. And exactly. We look at we look at life from what we want it to be, not necessarily what it is right in front of us. Yeah. I was just uh looking at the this meme that I see from time to time and it says like I'm no longer dating for potential, come fully potential. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With your whole self. Yes. <laughs> so I had a question for you and it just like left my brain. But okay. So the signs were there. Oh, so yeah, in my marriage, because it was so short, like I think things well, I guess it's honestly a good thing <laughs> that things didn't get a chance to get much worse. Cause I was definitely already like suffering within the relationship as it was and I just remember when we had our first physical incident even though he didn't like punch me or kick me or anything I talked to my friend who has had her fair share of relationships and the two things that she told me was just like if he did it once it's only a matter of time before he does it again and worse mm -hmm. and realistically it's gonna take it could take like 10 years for him to become the man that you need. And I was just mm -hmm. like, if at all. <laughs> yeah, that part. I was like, I don't mm -hmm. have, at this point, I was 23 years old, I think. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I realized how long 10 years is. Mm -hmm. It goes by quickly, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it does. But I'm like, I don't got that type of time right now. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I got to go. But. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I just share that because sometimes I have felt like guilt or shame, like, oh, well, I didn't really go through that much. Like nothing really happened to me. But then I have to like snap out of that and be like, mm -hmm. oh, because you didn't let anything happen to you. Like mm -hmm. it was only a matter of time. Like mm -hmm. you left early. And I guess I share this because wherever the woman that is listening to this conversation is at whether she's had that that one incident that she's like sweeping under the rug maybe or she hasn't got to that incident and hopefully she doesn't because she's listening to this and like mm, yeah I see the signs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or whether she has had several incidences and she's been in this for years yeah uh, wherever she is I just want her to 
to be encouraged and know that she's not the only one and there is no shame like what happened happened is not your fault life can go on but you have to be a willing participant and like make that decision so you mentioned before that you struggled a little bit with the idea of divorce what was that like for you in terms of just like processing that mentally and and coming to that decision and like would you say that you have made peace with that decision or is there still like some unresolved feelings about it well (laughs) I actually grapple with it while I was even still in the marriage right so I wouldn't say that I've never been kicked or punched. I mean, like I told you, I may have been maybe pushed against the wall or something like that. But what people don't understand is that even with when someone doesn't like put their hands on you, like punching or kicking you, even the threatening emotions, right? Even the uh, talking down to you, gaslighting you, the emotional things, the, the shouting, the screaming, the cursing at you. All of those things can be very traumatic. And so because I was going through it for such a while, I would pray and I would, you know, God help me, show me what should I do? I want my marriage to work. Um, I know that you love marriage and all those things. And it was very difficult for me. And I think one day uh, we were going through a period where he had just stopped talking to me for like 10 days in the house. And yeah, and, and that was just that was the longest that he's gone, but there've been multiple moments of stonewalling, right? That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. And so this particular time I was just like getting closer to God. And I was like, I'm done. Like, I can't take this anymore. And even though he thought that he was making me feel better, you know, feel better with that, whatever, actually God was giving me an awakening to this isn't right, you know? And so to answer your question, I've come to peace with it. I think that it was hard at first because it was like I grown up in a church and it's just like, you know, God hates divorce and things like that. But when the in the in your vows, it says <clears throat> that you're making that covenant with God, right? And that in the Bible it talks about how, you know, you get out of a marriage if there's cheating or or if there's something like infidelity or anything like that, right? But I feel like from things that I've also read is that your covenant is broken when that person abuses you or that person doesn't love you or they disrespect you. Um, that covenant is broken, right? Yeah. And so there's grounds for <laughs> divorce because they don't love you. They can't love you and they can't give you, um, they can't allow, they can't help you to be the best version of yourself because one, they don't love themselves. And um, so that was a long way of saying, <laughs> I think I finally come to terms um, and at peace with it. So, yeah. Yeah, I went through a similar process and I was the same way. I was like, OK, like God doesn't like divorce. I don't want to get divorced. I don't come from a family of divorce. So like mm-hmm. and I just have always esteemed marriage so highly. But my brother was like, yeah, God doesn't like divorce, but God also doesn't want you in a destructive situation. Right. I was like, yeah you're right (laughs) and it's the it's sad like how many church going christian women will stay in an abusive situation because oh well he's not cheating on me right and then the church doesn't like support them properly either exactly yeah so that happens but I'm happy that you were able to make peace with that decision. And so, okay, let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) 
let's talk about the fun part because I don't like to talk about <laughs> the the lows too long. <laughs> so how have you been able to get back up from that? I feel like you are kind of still in the beginning phases even like there's so much more like goodness for like if we do this interview again in another two years I feel like it will there will just be like so much more to add so how have you been able to get back up to where you are now well first of all thank you for saying that <laughs> and I touch and agree through the screen on that and <laughs> I feel that completely in my heart that this is just the beginning um I've actually gone through a very 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 grueling grieving process and through that process, God had me in a in a rest period, in a period of waiting, and and I'll say sort of sort of like a wilderness season, where God had to really really break me down to build me back up. Because a lot of times we have these different structures and frameworks that we put in place that we think that we should be doing, or how we should be moving, and all those things. And God is like, that's not what I told you to do. And so sometimes God just has to really break you down and put you in solitude, protect you, put you in a bubble so that he can truly work on you and do what he needs to do. And so this is just the beginning phases for me. And I like, I agree with you on that. I'm just slowly coming out of it and allowing God to move and do what he wants me to do and be led that way. Because it's hard when you like, <laughs> prior to like the divorce, I was like, you know, doing uh, videos and doing this and doing speaking here, speaking there. And it just stopped. And it was, God was just like, I need you to sit down. Like you, you're not, you're not in the right state of mind. You're not in a good posture for my work to get forward the way that I really needed to get forward in the position that you're in. And so what, what took me to this place is, and it's, it's funny, but it's my, it's been my journey. I really had to like really sit down and look at myself and I mean, figuratively and literally, um, there were moments I would look in the mirror and I would just have to smile at myself and like really figure out like, what is it that I love about me? Because being bullied for so long about my looks, oh, you're fat, you're ugly, you're this, you're that, 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 that stayed with me. And so I had to really break free of that. I mean, of course I still struggle from time to time, but I'm working on it. Um, I had to go through a phase of like, affirming myself, not necessarily just by what I say, but what the Bible says about me, you know, me being the salt of the earth and me being beautifully and wonderfully made. I had to really see myself the way God sees me because man will tell you one thing, your own feelings and your thoughts will tell you another. And that, that traumatic, that PTSD comes back at you and it hits you hard sometimes. Right. I had to go, I had to figure out what I like to do. Like, I'm like, I'm a mom. I lost myself in this marriage. Who am I? Who is Stacy? Listen, I started going axe throwing. I did the rage room. I was getting my nails done, hair done. I was getting massages. Listen, I went crazy because I felt like I needed to get back to me. So when my kids would go with their dad every other weekend, that was my time. And it's still my time. But like that was my time to really explore myself. And I was going to paint and sips and things like that, which I still do when I can. And so I had to rediscover the true, authentic Stacy, like who I am at my core and who God has created me to be. And then um, I had to draw closer to God because although I grew up in the church and I was in the usher board and the dance ministry and the choir and all those things, I didn't have a true intimate relationship with the Lord. And so that's what's helped me to get back up, reading my scripture, reading my Bible, really getting intimate with God and really understanding like, why did I go through this? And then also healing 
from my past trauma that put me in that situation in the first place, right? And then also learning to forgive, forgive myself for the decisions that I made and then also forgiving him and anyone else in the past that has hurt me. So it's been a journey. Yeah, that was a lot. I probably should have been taking notes (laughs) because you said a lot of good things there that are so important to the process. And I really can appreciate and honor the fact that you were okay with like being obedient to God when he told you to like have a seat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's not easy and pride will easy. have you like what no what do you mean like I'm good mm-hmm. we're gonna keep going like I mm-hmm. I can do this I but get left behind. yeah all those things yeah but it's just different like when you move with God and when you let God do that heart work on you that mm-hmm. that heart surgery or uh, that's what people like to call it <laughs> yes. and it kind of is yes definitely like fixing some things and then when you move with his leading and his grace because yesterday in church I forgot what was said exactly let me see if I got my notes but Mm -hmm. they were talking about so they were talking about how God is faithful and uh he was talking about Abraham and how like God's faithfulness does not depend or um, yeah, God's faithfulness, God's character is not dependent on what we do. Uh It's just who he is. Uh Yes. And oh, yes. Okay. Okay. It's coming back to me now. (laughs) So uh, He was talking about Abraham and Sarah and how they had the promise and how they Uh tried to make the promise happen on their own. Uh Mm-hmm. And that always hits deep with me because I tried to make a promise happen on my own too. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm sitting mm-hmm. here divorced women when I really didn't have to be if I just sat my butt down. Yep. <laughs> and so it's like we can make things happen in our own yeah. strength, but then we're also responsible for like maintaining it. Whereas mm-hmm. if we let God orchestrate things, like it comes mm-hmm. with the grace, it comes with an anointing, it comes with an ease. Yes. And so I love that you were obedient because this next chapter is going to come with all of those things. Like, yes, amen. It's in divine timing because you let him work on you. Like, I love the idea. Okay, I don't really love it. I love the idea, but not the actual, the reality (laughs) of Mm -hmm. refining (laughs) because it's in the refining, I believe. I hope I'm like saying this right, but we're like, I'm just thinking of like, I don't know if it's it's exactly a diamond or like a shiny gem or whatever. And it goes. Diamond or pearl? (laughs) Not a pearl, not a pearl. I know it's not a pearl because pearls got a diamond. (laughs) (laughs) But it goes through the refining process and it's like made sharper and clearer and brighter and beautifuler. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what God does with us when we give him our hearts. So. I love that. I love that for us. I could say for us. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, I, and I'll say this too. I think it, it comes down to two things. One is heeding to the spirit because when you're not in tune with God, you can't hear from him. And yeah. so you don't know if he's telling you to sit down and if you you're like you, you're not hearing. Right. Um, another thing is you have to be okay with 
being in solitude when he tells you like it's hard because sometimes we want to be around people and do all these things but sometimes God is calling us to solitude because what happens is when you think about a plant right you're planting a plant you put the seed in where does the seed go in the dirt in the mud and in, in, in all that you know what I mean and then it comes out and it's just it's beautiful once it grows and it gets watered and goes through all the the, the things and so um yeah it takes it takes time it takes patience it takes a lot of faith and god doesn't even access for a whole lot it was the faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains you know so yeah 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 and also when you were like talking about learning how to love yourself and feel beautiful and stuff i was just like I made a little face because I'm like, what are these people talking about? Like, you are beautiful. And it's so yeah. evident. And so yeah. I'm like, those people are dumb. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy. Like, when you came on camera today, I was like, she is glowing. Like, she is so beautiful today. I love it. Like, it just Thank made so me happy. <laughs> so I just want to continue to, like, affirm that. And yeah. I love that you call yourself a self-love specialist. Yeah. Thank How you. did you come up with that? Well, <laughs> in the program, the speaker program that we were in together, actually, um, when I met with um, Coach Will, we were chatting and I've always tried to figure out like, what is it that I do that I can really set myself apart um, to really, for the people that God is sending my way to really truly understand what I do. And so I've gone through like this whole process of, okay, is it a strategist? Is it a coach? Is it a this? And God was like, no, you're a specialist because you specialized in this thing. And now the self-love is the overarching umbrella, but then under that is healing, forgiveness, there's authenticity, there's finding purpose, there's prioritizing self-care, so many different things fall under the umbrella of self-care. And so I wanted it to be something where the people that God is sending my way know exactly who that I, I'm the person that they need in their life to um, to let allow God to move through me so that they can be transformed in their lives. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to put your information in the show notes because if somebody is listening and is like, I really love her story, her energy, yeah. I need to work with her, I need them to be able to find you. So- Yes. Definitely, we're gonna have your information in the show notes. But I'm also thinking, as I was listening to you and all the things that you said, which are so important and integral to our journey, as I don't want to say, as it's more than just women, it's like as daughters of the king, as women with purpose, as women who know God has put us here for a reason. Those mm -hmm. everything that you just mentioned is so important. So yeah. You got into your relationship slash marriage like from a very young age mm -hmm. and then it's been some years. So when you're in that kind of an environment, it's very stifling and it's hard to really flourish or thrive because the environment is lacking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so in spite of all of that, how were you able to still remind, be reminded of your purpose and that there was more for you and that you had the ability to help somebody else? Like what moments were pivotal for you to realize that and, and hold on to that? If that makes sense. 
No, absolutely. I'll say this. So I was 12 years old and I came to my mother and I said, mommy, I was like, one day I'm going to be a motivational speaker, a coach and an author. I told my mother that at 12. I knew that at a young age that there was a burning in my soul that God had sent me to this earth <laughs> for just me more than mediocrity, right? And I'm not saying anything about anyone or anything like that, but like I'm called to do so many different things. And I think even through um even through what I went through with my cousins and the kids in, in, in school and the bullying and all the things. I've always remained close to God. And so God allowed me to see, like when you when people say, like, keep your eye on the prize, like I've always felt like, okay, but yes, this is happening over here, but I got something I need to do over here, right? And it may slow me down, but I'm gonna keep moving, even if it's at a snail's pace, because there's more in me. There's there's a calling on my life. And when you feel that call and that pull. There's nothing that will keep you from going there. Like I said, it may slow be, you may get slowed down. God might sit you down, but the calling is still there. And I've always felt that pull to help people, to uplift people. Outside of speaking, um, I definitely feel like one of my gifts is exaltation, just to like uplift people and just to make sure that they're the very best versions of themselves so that they can in turn glorify God. Like this is a, this is deeper for me as kingdom business. And so I I've constantly kept that in the forefront of my mind. And the other thing is <laughs> with everything going on around me with my marriage, um, I think what was important to me too, was that I was an example and a role model for my girls so that my girls understand what's possible for them and what they can do. And that you are a lot stronger than you think you are because you got God backing you. Right. So <laughs> if <laughs> like, I can't, like, I can just sit here and shout because I thank God, I don't look like what I've been through. People see me and they see this smile on my face and they think, Oh shit, her life is great. Like, listen, I was dealing with, I was planning a marriage going through hell in my relationship before the marriage. My mother was going through um, uh, issues in her her job and, and dealing with on the verge of a breakdown. My grandmother was in hospice. I was at a job that I was dealing with racism for my boss, like all these different things. And the devil, when he knows that there's a calling on your life, when he knows that there's something that God has called you to, he will throw everything at you. But God, but God, but God. Yes, exactly. And I'm so happy that you had that sense of purpose so early because yeah. I definitely, I want to, now I want to be all of those things. But like yeah. as a teenage girl, I didn't even really know that that was possible for me. Yeah. So I'm so happy that God gave you that clarity so early. And then it kind of makes sense because it's like, when you have that type of revelation or clarity, I feel like the enemy comes in real yes. quick, shortly yes. after to try oh, yeah. to like, nah, like, is that really going to happen? Do you really believe that? Like, are you really? Because mm -hmm. I was just talking to my friend the other, the other, a few weeks ago, and mm -hmm. he was talking about somebody in his family that got such a clear word of like what God has in store for them. But yes. the life that they're living now is so far from that. And some of it is by their own choices. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, okay, that's spiritual then. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. he'll give you, he'll let you see it. 
right? He'll let you. I've seen myself on stages. I've seen myself in my own event, walking across the event. Like I've seen myself with the white, like the the, the white dress on with like the ear, like the, the lavalier mic here yeah. um, or nose here or whatever. I've seen it. I've seen the pink, the gold, the white flat. Like you have to envision those things and God will give you the vision. He's just like, listen, either you're going to take my way or you're going this way, that way, that way, that way. Right. But he will show you the vision. It will come to pass. It's just in his due timing. Yeah, and you have and to, it, it comes with your posture, like in the waiting season, what is your posture? What is your heart posture? What is your faith posture? You know? Yeah, that's true. Cause if your heart is not right, like God is not going to get the glory that he could or should from when he does that thing. But I always really think about the scripture that talks about the different types of soil. Cause mm -hmm. it's like God's word is is that seed that's going to make something beautiful that's going to yield a harvest but then the enemy is like definitely coming for that seed and in the scripture it talks about like trials that have to come like to the I think it's talking about the I might be like mixing up stuff or like mixing it together but this is biblical somehow don't worry yeah. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> it talks about the test for that believer with the word is the trials the storms mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you are not really gonna know where you really stand until those trials come and so I think it's very normal in the beginning when that test comes, if you fail, and that's yeah. okay, because mm -hmm. God is a God of second chances, and he's merciful. That's what he's been showing showing me uh, right now is that he's merciful. He's so gracious. Yeah. With so even if, yeah. you know, God, you know, God has things in store for you, and you are not living the life that is reflecting those things, mm -hmm. it's never too late to, like, sit down. <laughs> We're yep. gonna see what that happens. <laughs> Have a seat and let God right? know what He needs to do. Yes, and and then the next time, because I think it's so beautiful, and I always think of, um, I think it's "I Want It All Back" by Ty Trivet. Mm -hmm. Like, devil, mm -hmm. if you only knew, yep, what I was gonna be after the storm was through. You mm -hmm. would not even have bothered me. And I'm trying to say mm -hmm. that like a song and it's not coming out right, Come but it's fine. So those are the words. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly how it goes because yep. like the devil, okay, you got me once, but now I'm like the song says I'm stronger, I'm wiser. Yes. Like yep. my me and God, our relationship mm -hmm. is I'm gonna use the word more intimate because you referred to yeah. that before. Yeah. And I love that because I'm continuing continuously working on my intimacy with God as well mm -hmm. and so it's like who I am now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that stuff that you used to do back there that's not gonna I, work no more <laughs> okay them so, don't work on me okay yeah <laughs> I love that and yeah you just your story embodies that and I'm so excited so um okay yeah, I wanted to ask about the self-love specialist thing because I really love that. That's so good. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing that I mentioned to you that I like to talk about on my podcast is, and you mentioned this too, is authenticity. And mm -hmm. I know that you've had a little bit of a 
um what's the word like a discovery process when it comes yes. to learning yourself and everything so what does it look like to you to live life with no filter and authentically be you listen it is so freeing yeah <laughs> it's so freeing because at this point in my life I don't care what anybody says about me I don't care the only person that I care about is God and what he thinks of me and because my whole thing is I want there to be on that day where I meet him daughter well done job well done like beyond that you can say what you want think how you want whatever it's your business has nothing to do with me it's so freeing and I think also being being in a place where you can be your true self to the point where you could be vulnerable to open up and tell your story is as, as freeing as well because a lot of times we're told don't tell your business don't say this don't say that but you don't know how that's gonna you know, how you can help someone else in their situation. Um, a lot of times we don't realize that we're just, we're not alone. You know, we're all going through similar situations, similar things in life. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been so freeing for me. <laughs> it's just, I don't have to have a filter. I don't have to put on and I don't have to walk on eggshells and I don't have to dim my light. I don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, I go in the room and I got to kind of dim my light because someone else feels intimidated by my shine. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, no, <laughs> I'm a step in the room. I'm going to be wherever that room is and I'm going to shine bright because that's just what God put in me and is working through me. So, yeah. Period. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to touch on motherhood really quickly because mm -hmm. obviously that's like near and dear to our hearts. Absolutely. So our stories definitely have their similarities. And one thing that people always ask me is like, oh, like, what about your daughter? Like, are you afraid for her to like hear these things? Mm -hmm. And what do you say about that? It's, it's, I think it could be difficult. I haven't expressed to my daughters, um, because they're so young about specifically what happened that caused the relationship to deteriorate. I know at some point I will, um, when they're old enough to understand, I mean, because what better way for them to understand, um, what not to look for, right. Or what not to accept, what not to tolerate, but, I think that it's important when it does get to that time. I think for me, okay, let me, let me backtrack. When we first went through the divorce, I sat my kids down and I told them, hey, me and daddy are no longer going to be together, right? We're better apart. Um, later on in life, we'll have a conversation about what truly happened. But for now, just know that it's not your fault. Know that it has nothing to do with you. Understand that we are here. We still love you so much. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's important to keep your kids in the loop but not fully until they're in a space of understanding. Because although I've gone through what I've gone through, I would never, I would never, um, I never talk down about my ex to my girls. Never, ever, ever do that. Because that relationship is different from my relationship with him. And they have to form that bond with him. You know what I mean? From a father-daughter perspective. So um, I think it's, it's, you have to be delicate, but also forthcoming. Um, to an extent, depending on the age. That's just my yeah. personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And how has this new chapter where you have been loving yourself and shining bright, how has that influenced how you show up for your daughters? Oh, um, 
sometimes it's difficult still, even with, um, because being a single mom of four is just not easy. One, let me just say that. <laughs> like yeah. there are moments where it's, it's hard and it's difficult and um, it, it's draining because from the, like, I'll say this, my twins are home with me during the day. So they are home with me during the day, every day. They start school in August. They've been home with me since birth. Right. So praise the Lord. They're starting school. So um, <laughs> what, what I have to do for myself and I've taught my girls this, that mommy has to have at least 20 minutes every day for self-care. And they know when I say I'm going to do my me time, they know that it's self-care. So I have to infuse certain things in my day just to recharge because my kids, they are and they all have four different personalities. And it's like, it's just me and I'm, and I'm an only child. Right. So it's like oh, wow. having to like understand and like, cause some of the things I'm like, I don't even understand why they're fighting about this, but Hey, from my lens of only child. Right. But I just, I just have to continue to do things that recharge my spirit, recharge my soul. If I don't, I succumb to the overwhelm. And then I go, you know, it, it brings me into a state of depression. And I thank God that I'm not there anymore. So I am very, very, very intentional. When they go away with their dad every other weekend, I am intentional about doing something that makes me happy for sure. And then I actually, like I said, I also infuse those moments in the, like, when they're with me, I infuse that in my day. Because if I'm not good, my kids aren't good. I'm going to be going crazy. <laughs> yeah. And it's just going to create an atmosphere in my house that I know I don't want. So, yeah. yeah, that's good. I'm so I'm excited for you, August. That's very exciting. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, you are amazing because that is a lot, but it is doable. And you, yes. God chose you to be their mama. So you are graced for it. And I also like to ask my fellow divorcees. Are you hoping for love again one day? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm waiting on God. And I know that people say, oh, you know, you got to be out and about so that he could find you and all that. Um, I don't necessarily think I'm ready for like a full on because I want to make sure that I'm healed completely. And I know that I'm probably 95% of the way. There are things that I'm still working with my therapist on. Side note, if you're dealing with anything, please go see a therapist. Let me say that. Um, but I have no shame in saying that I get help. I'm a coach. I'm a, I'm a self-love specialist, but I also need my own therapist, right? Um, but I, yes, absolutely. And I know that if I met him when I wanted to, maybe earlier in when I just got divorced, no, <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't last it. So I thank God that I am, where I am now, because when you're in a certain space, you radiate and you attract certain people. And if you're in a broken state, you're going to attract certain people. So I'm just, I'm excited for where God is going to take me and what he's going to, um, whatever man, God fearing man, <laughs> um, that believes in the Lord and, um, you know, that is respectful and just all those things. I'm just excited for what God is going to do. And I'm hopeful. So yeah yay <laughs> love that answer because <laughs> I feel the same way yeah I love yeah. love <laughs> I don't know it's it's hard out here I hear 
in the dating world. Like I'm not completely in it yet, but I hear horror stories, but mm. I'm still like, listen, I believe my God. And I know that he said he came to, you know, his came to have life and have more abundantly. So that means to me that all things will work together for my good and for your good as well. And the man that he has for us that we truly, truly deserve and that will love us unconditionally with the love of God. Okay. The man is going to submit to God first before. Oh, listen, <laughs> and yeah. I don't even have a list because I don't, I, I, I want God to move fluidly. All I say is God, send me the man that you have for me, that you approve, that you put your staff on approval and that you know that he's divinely assigned to me so, and I'm assigned to him. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not like I'm very much hopeful for love again, but I'm not. It's different this time around because I'm yes. different this time around. So yes. like I'm excited for it, but I'm not like out here like, OK, like, let me go see who's out there. Right. Let me go on. The right. No, I'm just doing right. me. And like, when yes. we, we will meet. Yes. Like, it's fine. Yes. So, yeah, it yes. might be a little messy out in these dating streets, but, you know, I'm not worried about that. I don't get, I don't get caught up in that because I'm just like, what's for me is for me. Like, I'm only looking Thank for you. one. Listen, one. we are here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not <laughs> trying to, nope, not letting nobody's son stress me out. Exactly. But I know, like, yes, what God has for us is for us and he will yeah. find us. So I'm just out here excited. That's all. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> well, we have, oh, oh my gosh, I forgot. I'm, I'm rusty because, <laughs> so I told you, I think before we started recording, like this is actually my second podcast recording of 2024, mm -hmm. but I have done some podcasts for January. Well, mm -hmm. like the last few ones, but they were on healing. And so I kind of deviated from my normal format. So I forgot that I got my little fun questions at the end. I was about to be like, okay, let's wrap it up. But no, because we need to hear the fun questions that they're not really like fun, fun, but I think they're fun. So anyways, <laughs> I love to travel. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way or not. Absolutely. Okay. Good. Yes, I do. So yeah. if you could go anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Oh, probably Fiji. It is so beautiful. Oh my gosh. I would go there. That sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I like to ask for a song recommendation. So mm -hmm. it could be something that you have on repeat, like currently, mm -hmm. or just something that's kind of like an anthem for you overall that keeps you going. Yes. Yes. Unstoppable by Corinne Hawthorne. Yes. I don't know if it's Corinne or Corinne. I don't know. But yeah, Unstoppable by Corinne Hawthorne. That I is my that. jam. <laughs> And then I also like to ask for a book recommendation. So that could be something, again, that you read recently or just something that you read that was really like eye opening or like so good for you. Actually, I can't. What is the one that I was reading? I can't remember it, but I know that there's a book that I was reading um, called The You Plan. I can't remember the author's. But it's called the You Plan, and it's for women that have gone through divorce, um, or you know, in in a relationship, and basically creating a plan for yourself, um, and really getting back to who you are and making that plan about you. Nice. That was really helpful for me. So 
I will definitely get the details on that book from you later because I'm yeah. gonna put that in the show notes if anybody okay. is interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I could close it out. <laughs> yes, yes. That is all I have. So do you have any like closing words or last thoughts or anything that you were like, oh, I forgot to say that, that you would like to share? No, I just want to say thank you. <laughs> um, just for just being who you are, um, letting your light shine, letting God lead you into open up your platform and space for women to tell their story. Um, it's not easy, but I thank you for your bravery and your, um, courage to do this. And just for any woman out there who is in a space where they are feeling stuck, feeling like they, (laughs) like they know that there's a calling on their life and they are in a situation that's just not conducive to where God is taking them or the woman, or they're not being the woman that God created them to be. I just, I just want to encourage you, encourage you to seek God in all things. And he will give you the desires of your heart and just stay close to him because he'll show you, he'll give you clarity on the next steps um, of your life. So. Yeah. Thank you. I was got emotional real quick. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with that. Like God's got us. So thank you yes. so much for your time and your story and just, who you are and I'm so excited for you because I know that it like the temptation in our flesh Mm -hmm. and our humanness could be to see that season of rest as like an end and like oh how's it gonna go Mm -hmm. from here but the truth is like once God has got you where he wants you like the Mm -hmm. things that he has in store and the things that he can do with you are going to blow your mind. So I'm so excited to just continue to watch and support you. And thank you. Thank you.